You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And so just be in prayer for him, for doctors, just to have wisdom and guidance uh, as he's working through some things and his health as well. Lots of, lots of needs. And it's, it seems like it runs in seasons. And there are times where everything seems to be going well, and then there are seasons where everywhere you turn, you just see great needs. And so uh, let's just keep, keep uh, uh, people that we love in our prayers and seeking the Lord and trying to be, trying to be an encouragement one to another. Uh, I was able to talk to Brother Rick yesterday as well. Uh, so he should be back uh, in the next um, uh, week or two. And so anyway, I, I keep telling him he's got to get back a little bit quicker, and he, he keeps putting it off a week at a time. Uh, so anyway, just uh, continue to be in prayer for our people. All right, Revelations chapter number 12. If you're physically able, go ahead and stand with me. Revelations chapter 12. And I fully intended on teaching this entire chapter tonight. Uh, that, was, that was my focus and I, there's no way. Uh, and it's going to be at least two weeks, maybe, maybe three. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, uh, Revelation chapter 12. I'll, I'll read verse 1. Join me on verse 2. We'll read down to verse number 6. Revelation 12, 1 through 6. The Bible says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days and let's pray together father we thank you for your word thank you for the mystery of it thank you for the truth of it thank you for uh the clarity and the context that you give us and and so now tonight as we study to show ourselves approved i pray that you'd help us uh to have uh some light into this passage of scripture and Lord, we've gathered because we want to know you better. We want to know what you have given to us to know. And so help us now as we study. Uh, bless this time. Bless the uh, young people as they're over in Kids Club. And uh, now, Lord, those that are in person and in line, just enlighten us, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. As we study tonight, we're going to glean some uh, teachings and truths. I've been uh, reading commentaries uh, with this. 
when you get into Revelation and you get into all of the, uh, the symbolism, you get into all of the uh, cross-references, there is so much tied into it. Uh, and some of that, with the study, uh, you find things that as you're reading that you say, oh man, that makes great sense. Other times you read something, it's like, there's no way that can be true. Uh, you'll read one commentator and they'll say one thing. You'll read another commentator, they'll see, say something completely different. Uh, and so I sort of dialed my, uh, my uh, uh, commentary and study, uh, of course, to the Word of God, uh, but also uh, Charles Larkin, uh, and, uh, Clarence Larkin, I'm sorry, and then Warren Wiersbe and Matthew Henry and uh, John Phillips and John Butler. There are, there are some uh, great theologians. Uh, and then as you're reading some of these great theologians, you see things that, man, that is right. And then the next paragraph, there's no way that can be right. Uh, and so uh, as I'm uh, teaching tonight, I know that somebody will probably come up uh, and there have been times where I have taught something. Uh, and it's like, there's no way that can be right. Uh, and so I know in my own personal study, I'll have notes written in my Bible, and then I'll come back through and reading my Bible through again, and I'll come across those notes, and I'll think, there it. And I'll start scribbling out my notes uh, in the, in the uh, margin of my Bible. It's like, you dummy, that do, that's not what that says. Uh, and so uh, anyway, as we study, we do study to show ourselves approved. Uh, but one day, we will totally understand it all. Now we see through a glass darkly, uh, but then face to face. So tonight, uh, we're going to see some things here. Uh, Warren Wiersbe, he ties chapter 12 and 13 together. I can't get through chapter 12, definitely can't get through chapter 12 and 13. Uh, so we're not going to run that direction. Uh, but uh, when when he looks at this, he, he outlines it as the... Uh, as the uh, terrible trio, uh, because in these two chapters, uh, you see the uh, three characters of the Great Tribulation period. Uh, you see Satan, the dragon, the false Christ, and the false prophet. The false Christ, of course, the beast, and then uh, the false prophet. And so uh, that would entail what we would call as a satanic trinity. Now, the devil is... A he is not just a liar, the de devil is a counterfeiter. And he is going to try to, he replicates everything that God is. Whatever God has, Satan has a counterfeit uh, for it. And so, uh, and we see that all through scripture. So uh, tonight we're going to try to get a good overview of at least the first half uh, of chapter uh, number uh, 12 here. Uh, so look with me, if you would, at verse 1, Revelation chapter uh, 12. And what we're going to see is, here in this passage of Scripture, we're going to see the great wonders. The great wonders. Okay, verse number 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head of crown of 12 stars. So we see here first, there appeared a great wonder. And that wonder was a woman clothed with the sun. Verse 2, and she, the woman, being with child, cry, uh, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And men, just rejoice that you are a man. 
Amen. Uh, and here the ladies understand this passage of Scripture. In a, uh, those of you that have had children, you understand this in a greater way than what I would ever understand. Uh, but then verse 3, we see this second wonder. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And so these two wonders, uh, we see the woman and then we see the great red dragon. Now, as we look at this passage, uh, and as I've studied it out and been studying, uh, some say that this woman is the Virgin Mary. And so they, they believe that this would be the, the Virgin Mary. Others, uh, Matthew Henry, he promotes the teaching that this sun-clad woman is the church and that the church we we do know the dragon is satan all right scripture's clear on that we'll look at that here in a moment uh, but we see we know satan is the dragon and he was wanting to devour or destroy the child and so matthew matthew henry believes that uh that this woman is the church and that uh the the uh uh, devil is trying to destroy the offspring of the church, the believers. Now, uh, for that to be true, several things ha would have to be uh, uh, shown in Scripture. Now, as we look at the Word of God and as we are looking at uh, interpretation, you always want to follow the laws of interpretation. Uh, first law of interpretation is you take the Scripture literal unless it says that it is figurative. Now, here when we have a woman that is clothed with the sun and she has the moon as her feet, we know this is figurative, all right? This is absolutely figurative, okay? Uh, but then we not only want to see and study it out uh, according to literal or figurative, then uh, we want to study it according to context. What is the passage of Scripture teaching? All right, so we know this passage of Scripture is dealing with the great tribulation. Right? Uh, so we are dealing with the tribulation period, and the first half of the tribulation has already ended in chapter 11, and now we are in that midway point, uh, the second half, as we read just a second ago, the 1,203 score, 1,260 days, which is 42 months, which is three and a half years. So you, we already dealt with the first 42 months, the first 12 160 days. Now we are going to be dealing with that second uh, 1260 days, 42 months, three and a half years. So uh, now let me ask you a question. Is the church in the tribulation period? You were quiet. No, the church is not in the tribulation period. The beginning of the tribulation period, we find the church being raptured out. All right, so the church is not in the tribulation period, so it's not a part of this timing, uh, but there is great reference, and we're going to look back at the reference and how it ties together. Uh, but not only that, uh, we also uh, want to, uh, to look 
and see that the New Testament church is identified as a virgin. All right? So that is, that is very important that we understand that. When we look at the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel is always referred to as a married woman. So Old Testament, we have the nation of Israel being referred to as a married woman. The church is the bride of Christ. Not only is the church the bride of Christ, the church is a chaste virgin and will be such uh, because they are, the church is waiting uh, for the, the, uh, the Lord to call us uh, together. All right, so uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 2. 2 Corinthians 11, 2, the Bible says, For I am jealous over you with, a, with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Uh, so here in the Old Testament, though, uh, we see that Israel is over and over referred to uh, as a married woman. Uh, and not only married, but also the nation of Israel was corrected because they turned away from God uh, and would have uh, adulterous affairs with idols. All right. So, uh, so here we we uh, I believe that uh, this this uh, uh, this woman is not uh, the it's it's not referring to the church. Uh, it's definitely not referring uh, to the Virgin Mary. It is referring to uh, the nation of Israel. The, so look at verse 2 again of Revelation 12. Revelation 12, 2. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Now, when has the church ever been in this position? She hasn't. So, so I, don't be, I believe that Matthew Henry is uh, incorrect in, in this assumption that this is uh, the, uh, the church, the local church. Uh, so Israel will bring forth and has brought forth, and we'll, we'll tie some of this together. Uh, and so uh, we're going to look at some of the John Butler's outline. It's just phenomenal as he breaks down some of this. So I want you to see, first of all, uh, the woman with child, and that is in these first six verses. So uh, let's look firstly here at the appearance of the woman uh, and uh, the, the appearance of this woman. Revelations chapter 12 uh, and verse 1, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. All right, so, uh, so with this here, uh, we see the symbolic uh, uh, imagery of Israel. Now hold your place here in Revelation 12. Go back with me to, uh, to Genesis chapter 37. And in Genesis chapter 37, uh, we are going to see Joseph's dreams. Now, when we look at Joseph's dreams, we know that Joseph's dreams were dreams that came true. But what we are going to see is Joseph's dreams, they were revealing symbolism 
that we can see picked up right back here in Revelation. Uh, we can go to uh, Jeremiah uh, and we can see the 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 uh, uh, his prophecies, and then you see the fulfillment of them in uh, Revelation. And, and so all through Scripture, uh, especially in Revelation, we bounce back and forth. Daniel and Revelation, uh, Ezekiel, you start going back to these Old Testament prophets. Uh, so here in uh, Genesis 37, look with me at verse 9. The Bible says, And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. Now, Joseph would have been that twelfth star, all right? So the eleven stars made obeisance to Joseph. He, being the twelfth son of Jacob, uh, he was... Uh, the twelfth the star there. That was the reference that is here. So Joseph would be the twelfth star. The twelve stars then would be the uh, twelve sons of Jacob. Uh, Jacob, who is named later, uh, and his name is changed from Jacob to, to Israel. All right, so, so here we just see how it just ties together. There is so much. Uh, God's Word ties together so many ways. Uh, I look at some of these uh, theologians, and especially these older theologians, and they did not have concordances, and they did not have Google. Uh, they did not have these cross-referencing tools that we have. Uh, they had such a mind. They, they memorized, they understood, they cross-referenced, they studied. Uh, and sometimes uh, what I find is because we have become so uh, reliant on the ease of technology, we don't study, we don't give great attention to that which we should pay attention to. And uh, just, think, just think about it, uh, about your own personal memory. You know, years ago, before cell phones, you had to memorize people's phone numbers. I, I am not exaggerating one moment, but before we had cell phones, I know I could have named no less than 100, probably 200 phone numbers. It was... It was, my memory was very sharp. I worked in the, uh, the uh, uh, as a mobile mechanic when I was in college. And every semi that I would work on, they had these uh, eight-digit numbers along the side of that, uh, that uh, trailer. And they would give me sheets of these uh, numbers that we had to work on. And uh, sometimes a number would come over, my, over the radio, uh, go find this, uh, this trailer, and you'd go out into uh, a yard uh, that had hundreds and hundreds of semis that had come off the rail, uh, the train, and, and you had to go find it, and you would hear that number, and then you'd start running through and seeing all of these numbers and be able to not allow those numbers to mix up the number. Uh, now, if, if I get a text with a security code to validate something, uh, I glance through just a five-digit code, and I type in three numbers, and I go back, what were those last two numbers? 
uh, and I can't recall uh, close to what I used to recall. Uh, but but what, I, what I'm saying is we truly need to learn to pay attention. And here's we're reading scripture and we see the, uh, how things tie together. Uh, it's very important for us to be able to understand and discern scripture because you, you, you always, uh, going back to interpretation, you interpret scripture by scripture. Uh, scripture does not, uh, can, it does not contradict itself. Uh, many times people say, well, you know, the Bible is just written by men and they just, there's errors everywhere. Uh, I always love it when somebody says that. Uh, I'll say, okay, show me one. Oh, they're, they're everywhere. Just, just show me one. Just show me one. Yeah, well, th- there's, a lot, there's a lot of them in there. I, I know it. Just one. Don't have to show me a lot. Just show me one. And, you know, I have yet to have somebody come in and find one. Praise the Lord. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, so here we look at this, and we see the appearance of the woman. Uh, it, is, it is said that uh, she, she had the, uh, behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven, I'm sorry. Uh, she, uh, her appearance there uh, was an appearance uh, that uh, uh, was verse number uh, one. She was clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head the crown of Twelve stars. So uh, let's look now uh, at the agony of the woman. Verse number two, and she being with child, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Now, does this reference the pain of motherhood? Absolutely. Is this even going to reference uh, the pain of Mary bringing forth uh, the uh, Christ child? Yes, it does. But it is, it is a picture that is bigger than Mary. Uh, the agony of this woman uh, and, and the bringing forth uh, of the Christ child here. So uh, go to Romans chapter number 9. Romans chapter number 9. Romans chapter 9. Man, I'm going to have to hurry if I'm just going to get to verse number 6. All right, Romans chapter 9. And let's look at verse number five. The Bible says, Whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. So in this reference, it's talking about the coming Messiah and that this Messiah came and that the Messiah didn't come from Mary. She came from the fathers. Shake your head like that. All right. Was she of Mary? Yes, she was. Well, he was. He was of Mary, but the scripture doesn't refer to Christ of Mary. It's referring to Christ of the fathers. So we're going back to the promise of the Messiah. Uh, We are going back uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the fathers, Uh, these patriarchs. uh, That is whom all of the promises of the Messiah, it all ties back uh, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So here when it's talking about uh, that uh, Christ was come, uh, whose are the fathers? He came of the fathers. And of whom as concerning the flesh, 
concerning the, the humanity of Christ, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the coming of Christ in the flesh, the incarnation, it, it says uh, uh, the flesh Christ came, who is overall God blessed forever. Amen. So here the fathers, it was the heritage, the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is Israel. Uh, in the flesh, Christ was of the fathers. So he was of the fathers. So we're tying back uh, to God's original promises. When we look at the Abrahamic covenant, uh, it was the Abrahamic covenant brings us back to uh, the the beginning of the nation of Israel. So, so it's all, it all ties back to that. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 16. Hebrews 2, 16. Um, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 16. The Bible says, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of who? Abraham. So we're just referring back to Israel here. Uh, so Isaiah chapter number 9. Isaiah chapter 9. We go back to the prophets. Uh, go back to all these scriptures that prophesied about the coming Christ. Isaiah 9. Very familiar passage. Uh, usually we hear this passage around Christmas time. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no uh, be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from hence forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ is the man who fulfilled uh, this prophetic uh, uh, prophecy here uh, the Lord Jesus is that child that was born uh, so, so we see, uh, next we see the adversary of the woman in verse number three. The adversary of the woman. Verse three, it says, And there appeared, unto, uh, appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Verse four, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Uh, so trying to figure out who this dragon was, uh, you get a good idea of it. Skip down to verse number 9. And it will all come together. It says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So his identity is clear. This red dragon, this great red dragon, is Satan. Uh, we can see his guile. Uh, he was a serpent. He was a deceiver. Uh, the serpent is always referred to as evil. 
always as evil. The dragon is always evil. Satan is evil. And so here we see the guile that's there. Uh, we see the, the red serpent, uh, that serpent, he's evil, he's crafty, he's deceitful. The red, it represents the cruelty. It represents the, the purpose of his existence. He, he has come to devour. He is a destroyer. And he seeketh whom he may devour. And so uh, the devil uh, is this great dragon. We see the guile. Uh, we see the grossness. Uh, he is a monster. Seven heads. He's a monster. Uh, the greatness uh, the ten horns, and I'm not going to get into all of the things that the seven, uh, the horns and the, uh, the uh, symbolism that's there. Uh, there are many sermons. Uh, Brother Hiles, he used to, he used to preach uh, uh, prophetic sermons. And then when uh, Russia, the USSR fell, he said, I've got a thousand prophetic state, uh, sermons, I'll sell you for a dime. Uh, and all of the old preachers, uh, all of their, uh, their symbolisms and who they thought was who, uh, it all came crashing down. But they may not have been so wrong. As you see Russia trying to take that world power uh, again, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but we see the, the, uh, the grossness, the seven heads, the greatness, uh, th these ten horns are uh, just representing power. Uh, and uh, Satan is powerful. That's why the Bible says that we are to put on the whole armor of God. That's why the Bible tells us that we need to take the shield of faith whereby we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Uh, and, and we cannot, we do not have power in and of ourselves to, to, to defeat the evil one. Uh, we cannot do it on our own. Uh, and he is powerful. And then the seven crowns, they're the glory. Uh, he is the God of this world. And he is not all-powerful, but he is powerful. Uh, and he is not the God uh, of all, but he is for a period of time, the God of this world. And I'm looking forward to the day when he is uh, cast into that bottomless pit uh, and he will deceive no more. Uh, what a day that's going to be. But uh, so we see uh, the identity. Uh, we see the influence here. Uh, the Bible says in verse number four, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now here the stars are representing the angels. Now when we go to Revelations chapter 2 and 3, we see that uh, the stars, uh, the angels of the, the churches, we see the star, the seven stars, uh, the stars referred to as the churches, the angels referred to as the uh, messengers, the pastors were the, the, the uh, uh, angels here. Now, when we look at the stars here, what we find is these stars represented uh, the angels that were in heaven. And so the tail of this serpent uh, here, we see that it drew a third part of the stars of heaven. Notice here, it drew. 
So here, this is referencing the fall of Satan. This is referencing that when Satan came and was cast out of heaven, that his tail drew a third of the angels. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? That they were these fallen angels, uh, these demons, they were a third of the angels fell. So Satan here drew one third of the angels of heaven uh, with him uh, when he was cast out of heaven. Uh, and so uh, the, the tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, so we see here the, uh, that uh, the influence of the adversary taking the angels, the intentions here, verse number four, was to devour the child. Now, go back to Genesis chapter three and verse 15. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, we, we see the first telling of a coming Savior. Uh, and here in Genesis 3, 15, uh, the Bible says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You know, as soon as Christ was come, the devil's design was to destroy the Savior. Matthew chapter number uh, 2, uh, you see, verse 16, we won't go there, uh, but we see how uh, the, uh, the uh, king, Herod, was trying to destroy uh, all the children. What was he after? He was after the Messiah. Uh, and so the intent was to destroy him. Uh, the intent has always been to try to remove the Savior from going to the cross. Uh, and uh, thankful that he failed on every point. Uh, he failed. Uh, but uh, we see the not only was there that uh, intention of the adversary to destroy the coming Messiah, uh, the accomplishment of the woman. Uh, go to Revelation 2 3 there. Go back to 2 3. Revelation 2 and verse 3. And you've got you've to move your Bibles a little quicker so I can get finished. Uh, so, Revelations chapter 2, verse number. Uh, two with me there. Uh, the Bible says, And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. Verse 4, uh, it says, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Now, this is, as I was studying this out, uh, the uh, commentator had, uh, just as he pulled this together, uh, was, was so uh, enlightening. Uh, so look at verse number five. And let's, let's read this and try to pay attention. So we are... We are talking, obviously, about the Messiah. Amen? So, so the Messiah is being born. He is of Israel. 
All right? So he is of Israel. He is born. And as soon as he is born, we find that Satan is trying to destroy him. So verse number five, and she brought forth a man child uh, who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Now, the, I'm going to pull this back together to separate the Virgin Mary uh, and Israel. And I think you, it, this will pull together because I'm still getting some funny looks when we say it's not Mary. All right? Uh, so it's going to come together. So when Christ came and Christ was born, did he immediately go up to the Father? No, he did not. So here, let's read verse 5 again. So, and she brought forth a man-child, Christ, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. What is that next punctuation mark? A colon. Now, this separation between the first half of this verse and the second half of the verse leaves out 33 years of history. You have to remember, as you are looking at the prophets, as they were looking and prophesying, God gave them glimpses. Larkin put it out as though they were mountaintops. And you could see, if you were on a mountaintop, you would see the peak of this mountaintop, the peak of the next mountaintop, the peak of the next mountaintop, the peak of the next mountaintop, and I'm going to stop right there. Uh, and so, uh, but they would not be able to see what was in the valley in between each one of them. So when those valleys were not revealed, it was because God was not putting emphasis on that in that period of time. So here, when we look at this, we see that we had Christ, who was born, born of Israel, because we're not talking about his earthly existence. We are not looking and focusing on the life that he had down here. Uh, it went from his birth, and then it went to his resurrection. Okay, so, so let's look here again at this verse. Uh, so, so here he says, and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. So, so when Christ was born, he wasn't caught up to God and his throne, but after the resurrection, he was caught up uh, to God and his throne. So here, uh, God is not trying to focus now in this passage of scripture in Revelation about the Messiah and what he did uh, on this earth, but John, the revelator, John himself, uh, was also the one that was the one to, to spend most time talking in the gospel of John about the earthly existence of Jesus Christ. And, and who he was as God down here on the earth. So uh, this period, at the, so we, we see that 33 years there is bypassed. And it says, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now, it ends with a period. Now, it is after the, cha 
It is after the church age ends and the rapture of the church begins is when the tribulation period starts. So here we have the, we have the resurrection of Christ. All right. Now, when we go between verse number 5 and verse number 6, uh, Larkin believes that this is the, uh, the end of that, uh, the, the uh, 69th week of uh, Daniel going into the 70th week of Daniel. So uh, this period here is, uh, is entering into that, uh, that uh, uh, the tribulation, it is in the tribulation period. So, uh, so verse number 6 then, uh, we see the avoidance of the woman. Now, uh, so, so between 5 and 6, uh, we've got the church age. Now in uh, verse number 6, here it says, And a woman fled into the wilderness. Now, if this was Mary, did Mary flee into the wilderness? The Bible says that Mary and Joseph fled into Egypt. And when they fled into Egypt, uh, they were fleeing not for the, they were fleeing not for their own life, they were fleeing for the child's life. Now, here, the Son of God has ascended to heaven. He is at the Father's right hand. So, he is no longer a child. And the, the mother is not fleeing for her own safety, or for the child's safety. She is fleeing for her own safety. Now, let's look at verse number 6 again, and I will be done. All right, it says, And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Now, the tribulation period is called the time of Jacob's trouble. All right? So here the woman representing Israel, she is fleeing for her safety. Israel is fleeing during the tribulation period for their safety. Now, the Bible tells us that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Blessed is he that blesseth thee, and cursed is he that curseth thee. Uh, and so, we, sh we are a friend of the nation of Israel, and we should always be a friend of the nation of Israel. They are God's chosen people. But God has a problem with the nation of Israel because they have rejected Christ as the Messiah. And since they have, they have rejected uh, the nation, they have rejected the Messiah as a nation, uh, they, they are then under the judgment of the Almighty. And Revelation, the tribulation period, the second half of that period, is all judgment on the nation of Israel. So, so here, when we go back to that woman, then we see that it is still referring to Jacob, still referring to the fathers. It's still referring to uh, Jacob's trouble, the nation of Israel. And Israel, for that 1,260 days uh, during the second half of that tribulation period, they are trying to flee the wrath of God. They will not succeed. 
they will not succeed. But here we see these, these great wonders. And, and uh, there's, there's so much that's tied up in this passage of Scripture. And as we are reading and we are trying to, to glean these truths and see how they tie together, it's just important for us to, to recognize, realize that God has had a plan from before the world ever was. You know, he was not surprised when Satan revolted and rebelled. You know what? He is not surprised about the life that we have. He's not surprised about the journey that we are on. He's not surprised about the burdens that we see, the clouds that are in our future, the pains that we experience. And if God can work this out from before the world ever was till when final judgment is coming, until there is great glory and God's people are all together with him forever, he's got it all figured out from here to there. Now, in that plan, salvation is that plan. God has a plan. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Are you saved tonight? Are you a child of God? If you do not know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're a child of God, uh, you need to trust Christ as your Savior. If you're a child of God, let's trust Him. Let's trust Him. No matter what comes on Fox News, just keep trusting. No matter what you read, no matter what comes out of Sacramento, what comes out of D.C., there's so much evil that we hear. We can get to a place where we feel like there's no hope. And there is hope. There is hope. God's got a plan. And so let's just keep trusting Him. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your word. Uh, pray that you'd help us just to continue to grow in our knowledge of it. Uh, and our knowledge of you, uh, you reveal yourself to us, uh, Lord, through your word. And so I pray that you just help us uh, to grow in our own lives. I pray that you would meet the needs that we have. And so just help us now as we endeavor to serve you. Uh, bless each person that's here tonight. Uh, Lord, if there's one that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray tonight that they'd trust you. Uh, but just help all of us uh, to put our faith in you. And so work now in the invitation. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll have just a short invitation. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.